Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Today, I am really excited to see my friend Tabitha Deller, and we're just going to have a conversation. Tabitha is a writer and a Bible study developer and a leader of women and young moms and a mentor and a beautiful woman, a a mama of four growing boys and a wife, and she's a dear friend, and she's a dear friend of another friend of mine, and I'm just so grateful to have her. Tabitha, I... I know that people could go back and listen to our first interview on The Real Deal, so I don't need us to unpack a ton about you, but today I just wanted to I just wanted to talk and um, thought maybe we could seize this opportunity while everybody was at home. And quite frankly, Michael and I have had times where we've had so many podcasts on the shelf just waiting in queue to be put out. And then it got to be where I was doing multiple ones in a week. And so then I thought, well, I'm just going to spread them out. That way I look forward to seeing somebody. And now we're in lockdown and I'm like, okay, not toilet paper isn't scarce around here, but people to be able to meet with are scarce. So I really appreciate you wanting to be coming on here with me. And then I just now asked you if we could just make this be the real deal thing. So are you good with the podcast today? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know me, I'm a very spur of the moment, just make the most of every opportunity and sometimes we feel prepared and put together and other times we are just um, raw and real and off the cuff and so we're gonna roll with it today and just pray that God uses our conversation to encourage hearts right right that's what I want because I actually believe the real deal is is raw anyway I, I typically don't have somewhere I'm going I just let Holy Spirit take it and somebody will say something and it'll make me think oh ask them this or whatever but I was going to ask you what, since the last interview we did, you've had a lot of change. I think your son was just going to college. You were starting new called groups. It was a good time to promote your Bible study called. And so I was very glad for doing that. But your life has really changed. Everybody's lives have changed on a dime. We've just switched. But just give me an update on some of the things that are going on with you. And and like, what are the, the state of affairs of your heart today? Like, be just, how are you? Yeah. Well, um, like you said, a lot has changed. And like you said, a lot has changed for everyone because we are in the midst of a global pandemic, something that we in our lifetime have never dealt with, had to experience, had to adjust life in such a way on such a global scale in every aspect. It's not just affecting a few families or a few like in this demographic or this financial situation or it's affecting everyone and the thing that is eye-opening to me is that it's affecting all of us so differently so I've talked to so many who are comfortable in their own homes and they're safe within their bubbles they're not affected by the virus itself, they're not directly, they don't know someone directly affected by it. They don't know or have, I mean, that maybe they know of people who are on the front lines and medical professionals, but they don't have someone like that in their family, their immediate family. And so they are looking at this season as like a pause and a forced Sabbath of sorts where they are having more family time, something that they desperately have wanted. And I think I shared this on the last podcast about how um, we are a family that has constantly been known by being in different directions and constantly on the go. Yeah. And so it has, our in our family, we have come to a screeching halt of any activities, just like everyone else outside the home. No sports, no school, no work, no social interaction. We are here 24-7 under the same roof, which, again, can seem very um, idyllic. And, like, we're in this bubble, and we get to, the, to, like, experience family time together. And we've had some great time taking, you know, just taking this time to enjoy one another. And so that's been the biggest change. That's <laughs> a huge change. What, that's a huge change. I think, I remember um, driving with you and you were going to be speaking somewhere like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania or whatever. And I was in your car, but 
when you dropped me off, or it was both Lisa and I, we got out of the car and seriously, there were like seven more things on your agenda for that day. Not not just like that week. And, and my life used to be more like that, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh. And seriously, some of it was within a 10 minute window. Like I need to go pick up this child and then I'll need to go do this. And after that, we're all going to go to da da da. And then I'm going to get home. And tonight we're having this macaroni bake. And I don't remember, I'm making it up. But my point is, <laughs> it was like, it was really, really fast paced. Now that's not wrong, yeah. but what what part of that in comparison to now, are you glad you're not experiencing right now? Right. And I think, I think you've said it. I think for me, I can almost feel guilty when I'm enjoying this pause. So, because I know so many, it, and it's not that I don't, I'm, I'm living in this bubble and unaware of what's going on in the world. It's not that it's just that it's not affecting me, um, on a personal level. Um, because our family is taking time to spend one-on-one time together. We're not having to run here, there, and everywhere. Now, each member of the family is processing that differently, obviously, and grieving the loss of various things. I have a senior in high school this year who's missing out on his senior year of high school. Now he is homeschooled, so it's a little different for him, but... um, but he does dual enrollment at a college, and so he's not going to classes. He's doing them online, like we are doing everything online right, right now. And so, um, so yeah, it's definitely um, eye-opening for me. And I can find myself certain days thinking, um, almost feeling sad that, I don't even know if sad's the word. I think um, guilty, guilty is a good word, that that I'm like not experiencing what some people are experiencing. So like I said, for some families, it's like, yes, we're, we're slowing down. We get to reconnect. We get to do this. And it's a blessing, even though outside of our homes, life is crazy. But for other people, it's, I've lost my job. I, am a medical professional. I am exposed to potential danger every single day. I am watching lives being taken yeah. by this virus. Yeah. Or I am caring for elderly, you know, a family member who's elderly and more susceptible or whatever it may, exactly. however it's affecting them. And so certain days I can feel guilty and I'm like, but I'm not having any of that. Now we're week three into this, and I, I know the projections and the models and all that say we're getting ready to be even severely in the midst. And so I know just it being Holy Week too, I've been really reflective of the global pandemic of COVID-19 in relation to the global pandemic of sin and what Jesus did on the cross to eradicate that pandemic in our lives. And that is the greatest story of all time. And even in light of what we're living today, we can find hope and security in that narrative. And we can take this narrative that we are living in right now with COVID-19 and however we are um, filtering it through our lives. And we can say, but in light of the narrative of Jesus, death and resurrection, that's my hope of heaven. No matter what this, how this plays out, I can have security in an eternal yeah. salvation, yeah. an eternal cure to this sin disease. And so I'm trying, it's, it's, it's really, the Lord's had me in a, in a place of just um, deep reflection the last couple of days of just going through Holy Week this week very differently than I have in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the uh, medical professionals who go in there to help people knowing that they love and care for them enough to go get them in their sick state. You know what I mean? And, and 
not just I'm going to give you a shot, but I'm going to care for you because there isn't a vaccine. You, you know what I'm saying? There isn't a vaccine. And it's while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's like the solution was right. in place before the foundation of the world. And then it all has to be played yes. out. And it's amazing that it's not you get your stuff together and I came to save you. It's you can't get your stuff together. And I have yes. come to save you because I need to reverse it way back to where we walked in the cool of the day when we were always in fellowship together. And it's a relationship just the way Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in relationship together and never have they been separated. And I do not ever want to be separated from you. You know, it's it's an amazing, yeah. it's an amazing thing. So yeah, it is interesting that we have both news of COVID-19 things and, you know, the death toll each day or those that, you know, every once in a while we hear the people that are recuperating and it's nice to hear those numbers as well. Mm-hmm. But But to have it be so interrupted yet it be Holy Week. You know what I mean? And it's so it's like I've had these two things going on in my mind, and I too feel a little bit like I live in this bubble. You live outside where there's lots of trails and lots of trees, and there's not a person near you. It's not like either one of us live in New York City where we know that, seriously, people keep your distance because we are compact, you know? And so I, I do feel a sense of... This hasn't really affected my life, although for the good, like got my closet cleaned out, got my bedroom repainted, you know, almost this mini staycation. And, um, you know, I've been enjoying some of the coronavirus memes and some of the jokes that come out. And it's not because I'm callous. It's because it's hard. And the other stuff is just it's hard and it's it's pressing on us. And so it's really a, a joy release to laugh at some things, you know what I mean? Because yes. humans are always humans. And so we have our foibles and we're funny, you know? And, yeah. and one of the ones that I posted, I think on my Instagram or something was, you know, and I could really, I listened to this one gal, I could really just repost everything she says, I suppose. But she was, she posted one of those memes that said, um, does anybody know when we can take a shower? Are we just supposed to keep washing our hands? <laughs> I did think that was funny because it's like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And mine were beginning to split everywhere because I was washing my hands so much and probably with antibacterial soap when really if you use soap, you're fine. You know what I mean? I didn't need it to always be this heavy hitter soap. And I don't know. Um, I don't know where I was going with that other than I, I too don't feel super affected. And whenever I don't feel affected, I feel like God will give me this like my, my chest will hurt, or I think I'm getting a sore throat or all these like weird little things. And then I'm like, okay, number one, I don't have the virus. Number two, I don't believe I'm going to get the virus, but if that's going to cause me to pray, I'm okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there is somebody that is having a symptom. And if that's almost like a word of knowledge kind of thing that I'm getting this, then I'm just going to pray about it, you know? So, and, and to try to pray for the workers and the, you know, there's a lot of people, it's not necessarily just those taking care of the people in the virus situations, but we know of a gal that works with the elderly and they are dying because they're so lonely because they can't see family. And they're used to seeing family, but because they're more susceptible, they're not allowed to have the same visiting rules. And out of all of the information that we've been getting with deaths, it's not like I'm callous, I don't think, but that thing sent me over. When I heard her prayer request saying, you guys, I'm not a healthcare worker, but I work in this nursing home and all of these people are so sad and some of them have died and it has nothing to do with respiratory situation, nothing to do with COVID-19. And because I have missed family, you know, it just was like, ugh, it, it really was hard. So I'm thankful for those times of true empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm human and it makes me go, okay, well, even though I live in my little bubble, I get how horrible this is. Right. And I think that's just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to protect our hearts and keep it, you know, it's it's okay that we're enjoying our family, enjoying the Sabbath. It's okay that the alternative would be fighting with each other and, and not enjoying what right. he's given us. And so that would not be good. But it's okay to do that. But I think what what he's speaking to my heart is be open to what I can do and pray for, we talked about the other day and I pray for creativity, pray for the things that God is 
bringing forth and putting before us in ways that we can minister to others because we do have these rules and regulations that we have to follow. So we cannot be face to face with others. So what can I do from my prayer closet or what can I do from my computer or what can I do from, you know, old school telephone call or to those lonely and those who, who don't, who are not in the situation that I'm in with five people other than myself in my home to socialize with and to take walks with and to make meals with and eat dinner with. There are others that are very lonely and very isolated. And so Lord help me to be your hands and feet during this time and show me creative ways to minister to those. Yeah. And, and owning who you are to be able to do that. So Maybe you don't have enough time to write to somebody, but now you have time. So you are going to write a note and put it in the right. mail. What I, I mean, the mail is still going. The tax, yeah. you know, date hasn't happened and people need to file taxes. So they're keeping the mail going. I mean, there's reasons why you can reach out in ways that you don't usually. But even though it's an unusual way or not a typical way, what's typical for you? If it's typical to shoot an encouraging text, then do it. If it's typical for you to make something for someone you baked you've done whatever you dropped it off on their porch whatever Um, but I do want to go back to the creativity because we had the opportunity to have a zoom call the other day and we were just chatting and we're hoping to do another zoom call that other people can be on so they can just see us and that would be a creative way for somebody who doesn't have a friend but they want to be in on a little I mean they have friends but they're unable to get they're (laughs) unable to get to their friends that we could do that and be creative to do a zoom call I think we want to do one of those in the future Yes. Um, but the other thing is, creatively, your family has come up with something for dinner. Can you tell me <laughs> that? Because I think it's just really fun. Yes. Well, this past week, I had the thought, we were sitting down to dinner, I think it was like Sunday night, and while we were sitting there, I'm looking around the table, and I was like, I have five other humans in my house that are in there. So my oldest, who's in college, and now he's home, you know, obviously because of this, and doing classes online from home. So he's my oldest, he's 18, and my youngest, so I have four boys, and my youngest, he'll be 13 um, on Wednesday of this week. So all teenage boys. And so I'm looking around, and my husband, obviously. So I'm I'm the only only woman. I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, here are five able-bodied men that can help me with dinner. So I just challenged them that night, sitting down um, to dinner. I said, we're going to take a night to do dinner you guys can plan it you can prepare it and you can serve it and it's all on you and so we had just done a big store trip and so they knew what um things they could could make potentially and so they all did and they did a great job they rose to the occasion and every night each one of them prepped the meal themselves and prepared it from start to finish. I, I coached a couple a little more than yeah. others as far as being in the kitchen and saying, you probably should check on that in the oven and your potatoes aren't quite soft enough yet to mash them or whatever. But yeah, we had amazing meals. And so I just posted pictures on um, Facebook and Instagram of our little challenge. And it's amazing what that also spurred on in other families Mm. commenting and saying this is a great idea and hey I didn't cook for an entire week right I ate really really well (laughs) and they had fun doing it they had fun nobody belly ached or grumbled or complained they they had a good time they're very competitive so obviously everyone wanted to have the best meal and I promise you I'm not just saying this because I'm a mom they all were equally amazing. Like, I'm telling you, I couldn't tell you this meal was better. I loved them all. It yeah. was amazing. Google's a wonderful tool. They Google things and Googled recipes. <laughs> and the one night, so Caleb, my senior in high school, he made um, chicken pot pie one night. And while that was in the oven baking, he enlisted help with his older brother, Joshua. And they made, what did they? Oh, they made chocolate chip cookies that night. And they were amazing. So, and then last night, Joshua and I made brownies from scratch. So, the moral of the story is we're eating a little too much in this quarantine. We're going to have to go on a major diet when this is all over because, yeah, my waistline is 
expanding with each meal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I've decided to do. I've decided to try to wear jeans every once in a while instead of sweats or workout clothes or pajamas mm-hmm. because otherwise you don't have any frame of reference. And at the same time, I think I read a post by Dr. Caroline Leaf and you know basically our neuroscience and our brain and how we think about it. And there are certain things where we just have to say at this point in time, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's yeah. okay to enjoy this. It's okay to enjoy your puzzle. It's okay to cry in the middle of the day. It's okay to yeah. eat the chips. You know, like literally she's not saying yes. throw all nutrition out the window, but be kind to yourself, yes. you know? And okay. So yeah, I think we had the zoom call the day of the chocolate chip cookies because oh, yes. I remember yes. seeing that that mm-hmm. was going to be that. That's awesome. All right. So, but somebody else could get all bent out of shape and decide that I can't believe Tabitha has all this help. And that's that whole don't compare, don't compete, celebrate thing. Literally celebrate that that's what the Dellers did. And maybe yours would be scaled down or something different. Like perhaps there's a little uh, cleaning competition and -and so-and-so is the one that needed to clean up at night. Or maybe there's a little, there's a chance where it won't be a full-blown meal. Maybe somebody has just younger kids and they can say, who prepares the snack today? Yes. Was it cut up and, apples and peanut butter with cinnamon in it? Or did you yes. did you decide to make those little log rolls with the celery and the peanut butter <laughs> and the you know the raisins? Or what did you make as a snack that's so different I would never have thought about it? Because I believe recipes come out of uh, need. Sometimes somebody yes. only had this in the cabinet and only found that in the refrigerator. And then we go, yeah. oh, you know. So Yeah, th- and again, that, that just speaks to the creativity of the individual families. And that how God's created each of us uniquely and individually. And that spills over into the family unit and the structure. And we are at different stages with our kids and different ages. And so it. I had um, moms of young ones reaching out to me after they would see a post or whatever. And they were like, this is so cool. I look forward to doing this when mine are teenagers. But for now... Let me tell you what we've been doing. Nice. It's, it's the same thing. And, and I, I love that iron sharpening iron. It's your don't compare, don't compete, and celebrate. When we celebrate one another and we encourage one another, we're sharpening one another yeah. to go and do these things even better and to be able to help more people. Because when we compare or we compete or we feel bad because our family structure doesn't look like this family structure or whatever, we are like minimizing God's ability to do something great within what we've been given. Exactly. And so it's just in the sky's the limit. That's what I like to encourage these young moms. I have such a heart for young moms because I just, I get so excited to see them get it or, you know, like to have a day where, you know, after a really, really hard day where they're ready to throw in the towel and then to get that text from them on that next day saying, you're right. It was a better day. Like, yes. you know, his mercies are new every morning. Yes. And I did try this and this and this. And, you know, this didn't work, but this really did work. And it's and that's when we are engaging that creativity that the Lord's given each of us to be real, but to be the real deal and who that he's placed us in, that he's planted us in. Right. And so we are to produce fruit and we are to be productive in the seasons we're in and in the fields we're in. And so I just love that we can do it even within quarantine. I agree. I agree. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. It's interesting because before we made this call, I wrote some things down like on paper, you know, not on my computer, but, and not on my phone because my phone was getting ready to record. But, and one of the things was what were some encouragements that you could give to young moms? And so already that's definitely a great segue for that because it can be hard. And to think that every day when you said his mercies are new every morning, every day is a new blank slate, a new blank canvas to paint a picture on. Literally, it doesn't carry over. We don't have to be frustrated with ourselves or be frustrated with family members. The next day, it's all brand new. But would you have a thought that you would give a young mom of how to weather through this time or not even like thrive maybe in this Mm -hmm. time, not just make it through? Anything that comes to mind? Well, I know um, the ones that I have talked to again, the, the seasons are different. So when your children are older and more independent, and for those young moms, that time is coming. It, it yep. is coming. Yep. 
And um, and that time will have its own challenges, and they'll be different and sometimes more difficult. But in the season when they are small and their attention span is shorter and maybe their, yeah, their tempers <laughs> are flaring and they have those temper tantrums and all that, the, the couple moms I've talked to recently are like, during this quarantine, they keep saying, if I can just make it till noon, like if I can just yeah. survive till lunchtime, because it's just their worlds have been flipped upside down. Their their kids have that were in daycare or maybe in elementary school are now home with them. And these moms that used to have maybe a little bit of a break have no break. And maybe they were working full time and they're working full time at home now. So they're not only homeschooling kids that used to be public schooled, but they're working a full-time job and they're just spent and so I would say above all else to pray and to pray for creativity I remember a book that I read several years ago it was by Lisa Welchel and it's the title of it was creative correction and I when I had boys that were in that toddler those toddler years I referenced that book so often Mm. because it really was like a handbook of creatively correcting them because I and I remember a line in that book it said um she was frustrated Lisa was frustrated with her kids and just them not falling into line she felt like she had tried every time out and every form of correction known to man and she was still (laughs) getting to the end of her day She went to her bed, and she just flopped on her bed, and she cried out to God, and she said, God, I've read this book, and this book, and this book, and I've tried this thing that it said, and I tried this thing that it said, and I tried this thing, and and I'm not getting the results that the author told me I would get. She said, she said, the only, the only thing these books are good for are to give my kids spankings, (laughs) like to use them to give, to spank, because she said, nothing is working, and I'm frustrated, and I just don't don't know how to manage these kids and she said in that moment the Holy Spirit spoke to her heart and said your kids each are unique therefore they each need corrected uniquely and so my advice for young moms it's not just about correction it can be about engagement throughout the day a learning style it can be about like you were saying with the creativity with the the snacks or it may be an art project or it may whatever your child's love language is that ask start with prayer pray and ask God say God would you give me creativity for this child if you have one two four six children yep Pray by name and say, God, would you give me creativity for blank? Would you allow me to be sensitive to his or her needs? Would you show me what they're lacking in their day? And would you help me be creative in ways that I speak love to them and I show them love? Because we all have our love tank. And when it's filled up, we're just better human beings. (laughs) We're just more pleasant we are more fun to be around and that's yeah. true for kids too. And so when we are doing those things for them individually, uniquely and creatively, God will help us with those relationships yeah. just to strengthen those relationships. So yeah, yeah I would so say the good. key is prayer and then to just obey when we do get that prompting from the Holy Spirit of just, and he will, like he will make you so sensitive and in tune. You'll, you'll notice those red flags in that child, like, oh, yep, it's time to spend some time with them. It's time to go for a walk or it's time to do this. And, yep. and just to be obedient in those times, not yeah. to allow the frustration to just keep snowballing. Right. That's so good. Cause like, even as adults, sometimes we don't know what we're really dealing with. We don't know yep. really why we're feeling a, a certain thing. And so a child doesn't always have the vocabulary to tell why right. they're flipping out about something. You know what I mean? Because they, they can't say, well, I'm frustrated. Or I may, I remember some parenting thing where they told us the difference between a temper tantrum, complete flat out rebellion, and a frustration tantrum. Uh-huh. And that really helped me because we, you know, this is when we lived in Minneapolis and 
all you do is get on your winter clothes all the time. That's all you do is you get your winter clothes on and you get them off. That's basically your whole <laughs> activities. And so you bundle up because you have to go in the frigid temperatures, but then you're in a car where the heat is on. And so they're hot in the car, but then you're going to have to get out of the car soon to arrive at your whatever. So you keep all your clothes on. And we would have these like almost ma- face masks, kind of like you're going to rob a bank, but it wasn't the ones where you just see the eyes, but these, these things that were like a hood. And then they went down over the kids' necks and then you put their coat on. It was great. It was better than scarves for little kids. And then you don't have to worry about the scarf getting in the sled and strangling the child, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's the way they wore these. And so they were, my boys were so cute. Their cute little faces stuck out. And I think it was Andrew. He was in his, he was in the car and in the car seat, strapped in, you know, couldn't get to him, but I heard this, "Ah," just just like, "Ah." he was trying to take off the hat, but he had to pull weight, you know, it's almost like a woman trying to get her sports bra off when you're sweaty, it's like, good luck with that, I mean, rotator cuff issues, it's like, number one, it's so tight, and I don't even have a chest to hold in, but it's like that same sort of where you're stuck, and he got he got himself so in a pickle about trying to get this off and then he couldn't see. And when I looked it back, he was not really mad about anything. He was frustrated and felt really trapped that he couldn't get it. And that was just one real big example of frustration that helped me in the future to be able to go, I don't need to discipline this. I need to help assist or train. Right. You know what I mean? This isn't even a discipline factor at all, you know, and we can, we can get like that too. Although I have been challenged by Graham Cook. I love Graham Cook. I think he's an amazing prophet and a wonderful encourager. But he talks about there is no frustration in heaven. So it doesn't need to exist on earth. It's actually our response to whatever we decide to respond rather than, do you know what I mean? Like we don't have to get angry about things. We we can choose peace or we don't have to fly off the handle and think that's acceptable because we're frustrated. Angels are not in heaven going, oh, when is this worship service going to end? You know what I mean? They just don't get frustrated that there isn't. Anyway, that's a different topic. But so what else would be on your heart? Because I just am so grateful that you're here to chat with me. And we've had a a chance to Zoom. We've had a chance to record for this podcast more than we have in the recent months. But tell me a little bit about dealing with disappointment and then making lemonade out of lemons because... You've encouraged me, Tabitha, and what you did because of the retreat, and I want you to tell everybody, has really helped me. And I just want the yeah. Real Deal audience to know that I have a short little online course coming out soon. I'm hoping to do it right after, this is news to you, Tabitha, but right after uh, Easter, because I feel okay. like the window of time is now to get it out uh-huh. to people. And I'm not even going to call it an online course. Um, I'm going to call it online encouragement, actually. You know what I mean? Because it's nothing they need to do a quiz or a test for. There's not assignments. There's not reading lists. I mean, I could have developed it like that. If I did, it would just take longer to get out there. And I feel like God's going now. You know what I mean? I'm already in the blocks. I already see the lane. He's shooting the gun. But you've really encouraged me. And I want to thank you because iron does sharpen iron. And there wasn't a competition in me. There was just like a... Rachel, you've had way too many recipe things sitting on the counter. Get it together. And so thank you for what you've done because it's helped me. So tell us what it is. Well, and I think you started the question by saying like dealing with disappointment. And we were just, this is great transition because we were talking about kids and frustration and all that. And frustration happens in adults too. It happens in us. And so we can get disappointed and our disappointment can lead to just frustration and we can take it out on those that we love. And so I think um, more than anything, especially during this time of quarantine and just waiting this out, this season that we're in, it can feel really, really weighty. And that weight of it all And I think that's why I've been wrestling with this in conjunction with Holy Week and just the weightiness of what Jesus did for us and the weightiness of this quarantine and the season we're in and not and all the uncertainty and everything. And it can the natural response to disappointment and weightiness and all of that is frustration because we feel isolated, disconnected and and pent up and how, and we, and all these things are being canceled and this and that. And so, and that was my initial response. I mean, I got email after text, after phone call of all the events in March and April being canceled. And so one of them 
was the Kingdom Hearts Conference, and it was supposed to be on March 21st on Long Island with the women of Long Island and, and area churches there. And so one of the ladies reached out to me after that and said, you know, we just have we have to cancel it due to this pandemic and I'm not sure that we're going to be able to reschedule. The The facility wasn't available. It just was, it was going to be a lot managing um, registration and all of that. And so she said, but I still want your message to reach these women. If there's a way that we can creatively think about this. And so I started praying about it, thinking about it. And it dawned on me that Caleb, my senior in high school, who he produced all the teaching videos for my Bible study called, and he's right here with me yep. 24-7. And so, and at the time, he was actually on spring break, and so not doing his online classes. And so I said, why don't we turn and turn the, the two, uh, they were going to be two one-hour talks there in person. We turned them into four 15-minute segments, and so I was able to deliver the message in a somewhat abbreviated way, but through video and through Caleb helping me, and again, I think of that frustration component that we were talking about, but so we recorded the videos a week and a day ago on a Sunday afternoon, and when we recorded it, it brought to light how much of a people person I am Mm. because that camera was set up on that tripod and I was staring into a lens instead of standing at a podium and being able to walk around and interact and look at women in the eyes and know that what I'm saying is resonating with them. It just felt, I felt so off for the entire, we actually recorded for about four hours that Sunday afternoon for a, about an hour worth of content. But I was so in my head. I mm. would be going along, explaining a point, reading a passage, and then halt. And I would say, oh, in my head. I'm thinking, did I end that sentence with a preposition? <laughs> um, I don't think I was supposed to say that that way. I just was, I could not get out of my head. And so I was very frustrated with myself. Here I am, I'm like, Lord, I'm supposed to be doing kingdom work. And I'm, I'm talking to these women about having a kingdom heart. And here I'm stuck <laughs> in my head. And I, and so, but that's how God always, always prepares me for any event that I do, whether it is in person or online or anything. He teaches me or anything I write. He teaches me far more through his Holy Spirit, through preparation, than I ever teach any other woman that hears or reads my words. I because my agree. words are nothing compared to his word. My words will always fall short, but his word will never return void. And so he kept reminding me that day as we were recording those sessions, um, the key passage was Romans 8. So I read Romans 8 in its entirety for the first session. And then sessions 1, 2, and 3, I read the three different subsessions of Romans 8. So they got Romans 8 twice. Yeah. So I thought if if nothing else goes forth in those videos, if my words seem like a jumbled mess, they will have heard the word of God. There you go. And the truth of the amazing like amazing passage of Romans 8 and the truths that are brought out of that passage about life in the spirit and about how um, our present suffering is nothing compared to our future glory and how they are more than conquerors. And so that was the heartbeat of the message and what a kingdom heart looks like. And so I was able to deliver that instead of being in person, looking at women face to face, but be able to do that. And now Caleb is actually in the process of editing. He got the first one done. And so we've got three more to go. And I keep telling him, I think that first one was, was the worst one. <laughs> the first one was the worst one because he was editing yesterday and I was reliving 
the frustration again because I could hear myself, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to start over. Oh, I'm going to start. I mean, it was yeah. hilarious. It really was. The the sighing, the deep yeah. groaning, and the frustrations. And so we really do need to um, allow ourselves to receive God's grace for these frustrations that we're feeling right now. They are. They're hard. And they are frustrating frustrating and they are disappointing and so I think what are we going to do with it how are we going to make that lemonade mm-hmm. out of the lemons mm-hmm. and being creative and so I'm super excited about your online course or whatever you're calling it and I believe that you know for such a time as this God has prompted you in your heart to get it out there yep. and sometimes that's our biggest obstacle is perfection that was me that was my obstacle doing those recordings yep. I just i was plagued by my own perfectionistic tendencies when God, by the power of his Holy spirit was saying, just do it. Yep. Just do it. Yep. Imperfections and all put it out there and let my Holy spirit take it and combine it with my perfect peace, my perfect word, my perfect plan. And let me put it into the hearts of all who will hear it. Exactly. Exactly. And I believe, Tabitha, it's going to go, number one, you'll own it and can and do whatever you want in the future. Put it on your website, Do put it on your YouTube channel, whatever. But also, I think it's going to reach more people than it would have just been for the Long yes. Island thing. I really do. So God's good and he knows what he's doing. And yes. it's going to be when people are going to want it and, and you're obviously going to get it to them. So they're still going to have it. But it okay. is interesting. It really is. I, I do believe the fact that you were talking about Romans 8, number one, what a great chapter. Like if you couldn't have anything else to read for a long time, just read <laughs> Romans 8 and you're, you really are good because it starts with there is therefore now no condemnation. And so women yeah. constantly feel like if nobody's condemning them, then they're going to go ahead and say something to themselves. You know what I mean? And it's like literally yes. stop it, you know, because there, there isn't this. It doesn't even exist, you know. Mm-hmm. You could decide that you want to if you stopped at Romans 7. But if you keep reading, it's a letter and you got to keep reading the letter. And then the whole, my light and momentary troubles are achieving for me an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So I fix my eyes. It's like, well, we can think that we're going through something hard. But when you look at Paul, it's like shipwrecked, beaten, you know, (laughs) famine, like literally bad stuff. And that's considered a light trial. I'm always really convinced that, wow, when you're able to rejoice when it's a bad thing, the enemy hates it because he's like, darn it, I just couldn't get them to be upset about this. It's a light. It's a momentary trouble. It's achieving for me, you know, a greater thing that far outweighs them all. Like in light of eternity, this is a blip. And I'm not trying to be callous, but what we're going through is a blip. The things getting canceled is a blip. Whatever it is, it's a blip. But when it teaches us, it's worth it. Because we, we now know something. And I don't like to have the mirror always, you know, shined on my flaws or whatever. You know, I had one of those mirrors that the one side is a little bit more magnification so you can tweeze oh, yes. your eyebrows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and when I turn that over, sometimes I'm alarmed, like, oh, no, is that real? And then my whole skin on my neck. And then I'm like, I am so glad I'm the age I am. But it's alarming. But when God's light of his truth does that to us, we can get alarmed, too, you know. But instead going, wait. The author of this is actually working with me. Right. Really working with me to make this better. And so go ahead and look in the mirror when he shows us our flaws or our foibles and go, but he's not showing that to be unkind. He's showing that to go, my primary purpose is always to make you look more like me. And so I want you to look like Jesus more than a hairy, eyebrowed woman, Rachel. You know, I'm being silly, but you know, I mean, he really, it's a partnership to make us more like him. So instead of being alarmed at those things, I think it's worth pressing through. But anyway, and then the end of the whole chapter, you know, that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing. And when Paul goes into the whole, you know, neither height nor depth, angels, demons, you know, and then when he goes, or anything else. Mm-hmm. Like in case I forgot a category, because you know, like Facebook is a horrible place for people to put stuff out because somebody will write, well, you forgot about Paul is almost like living in a Facebook world. He knows height, depth, angels, past, present, future. And then he goes, or anything else in all creation <laughs> will be able to separate you. I just love that he included that part. Nothing yeah. can separate it. Yeah. Well, I think I could talk to you forever. 
I know. We should do this more often. I have no idea how long we talk, but do you have anything else you want to share just in being real and raw? This is my heart's desire for women to have women in their lives that they can do this with because it's it's just so very important that we're praying for one another we're encouraging one another we're hearing one another out we're letting you know the i think god uses our creativity together you know oh yeah i feel so sharpened and you know you said earlier that there's always fruit but the fruit comes either in season and in soil mm-hmm. and i loved that by the way but also your fruit is fruit that is in a different soil and in a different season and frankly in a different location than mine and so it actually frees us to be partnering and to always be celebrating and really helping each other because nobody can get to everybody and god really purposes for us it says in Acts 17 that he designs exact times and places in which we're to live and so we know that it's purposeful but when somebody else comes alongside you and actually makes you a little more like your shoulders are back a little bit more and you're taller and you're like a little strengthened that's really what we're to do so that we can do our own journey better instead of um you know not rallying together and i also believe that it is part of what we're longing for in this isolation time is yeah. the kingdom wanting God wanting us to know we're better when we're together anyway. And so to have these alliances, these partnerships, I think this is just the beginning of a lot of things. And I don't think it's just us, Tabitha, but I think we will have other women more connected to us and it will be yeah. a, a good thing. It really yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do you feel comfortable just praying quickly for our audience and I'll close in prayer and then we'll see what we can do. Absolutely. Okay. Father, I just thank you so much for this time that you set aside for Rachel and I to have this conversation. I thank you, Lord, for the truths that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will bring forth and allow to settle into hearts that are listening. And God, I pray for those hearts that are listening. Some may be very weary and worn out and frustrated, like we talked about, and maybe confused and not understand what in the world they can do or how they need to um, kind of right the ship if they feel like they are just a mess. Lord, so I just pray right now for those weary hearts. God, would you just remind would you just remind him or her that she is that they're loved, mm. lavishly loved by you, God? And that you do have a plan and a purpose for their lives, Lord, and that it is not your desire that they stay in some frustrated state. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lift that off of them and that you would begin to birth that creativity within them. Give them just hearts and minds that are are fixed on you, Lord. If they don't know where to start, I pray they'd start with Romans 8 that they would just get into your word and read those truths that you say about them. And Lord, that as they um, start living out that truth and believing that truth for themselves, Lord, would you then give them the creativity to reach out to others and to maybe say, I can't do this alone. And so give them that specific name of who they're to text or call or email and say, hey, could we just have a conversation and a prayer time about this? This is what's going on in my life right now. And then by that, just that power of creative collaboration, Lord, would you just birth something that's going to be fruitful for the kingdom? If it's nothing more than two moms encouraging each other with creative things to do with their kids, and it just stays within their own homes, then God, that's their mission field. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're calling them to right now. But if it's something, Lord, that you're having people collaborate, and it's going to go beyond their own homes, and you're going to allow them just the ability and the resources to reach others, Lord, would you just make a way where there seems to be no way would you give listeners just hope to know that they have a plan and a purpose that you've called them to do the work for your kingdom and so god i just thank you and praise you and i pray for the weary hearts and i pray for those who are maybe just saying yes amen this is exactly where i am lord would you just continue to pour out your holy spirit on them and on the 
the projects that they find themselves in the midst of and the relationships that they have, Lord. And would you just fuel that by your love, by your grace, by your mercy, and by your truth, Lord. We, our heart's desire is that men and women who do not know you would come to know you, Lord. And so that is our ultimate purpose. And so would you use us to be your hands and feet to a watching world that desperately needs this hope. And so God, use us in ways that we that blow us away. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for Tabitha. I thank you for Steve and their boys. I thank you for the what you're doing in their lives collectively and separately. God, you uniquely created Tabitha. You know exactly what purposes and plans you have for her. And I know she's been made on purpose for a purpose, God. I thank you that you are continuing to go before her and that you always lead her. Like in a big parade, you always lead her in um, triumphal procession, you say, for the believer. I thank you for what you're doing in her life, and I just bless her from the top of her gorgeous mane of hair to her soles of her feet, God, and I thank you for how you've wired her. Bless her family. Bless her sphere of influence. Bless this uh, time with these videos, and I, I just thank you for what you're doing in her life, Lord, and I just pray for each of the people who are listening right now, God. I pray that you would help them to know that there isn't anything that could ever separate them yes. from your love, that that Paul said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the Amen. love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so during this Holy Week, Lord, we thank you that you had a plan. So thanks, Jesus, for obeying the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for indwelling the believer. Thank you for who you are, God, that you are such a relational God, and all you want is for us to be with you. God, we, we thank you for the way you're superintending the world. We pray a special blessing on those who are grieving right now. They've lost someone in this time of disease, Lord, and, and deaths everywhere. We pray for the grieving. We pray for those who are uh, in the front lines taking care of people. We pray protection. We pray that they would be in the, the shelter of your arms, God, in such a profound way that they know that they know that they're being protected. We pray also, God, for just me and Tabitha and the regular Joes. I'm going to say just the regular people around, Lord, that we would be able to do what our part is and that you'd give us strength to do it. I pray we wouldn't do it in our own flesh or for any reason for ourselves, but that we would just know that we're getting our marching orders from a king who really loves to um, have his kingdom prevail and advance. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you. And I pray a blessing on every listener, no matter where they are, no matter where their heart is right now, no matter what they're facing, that they would feel the Holy Spirit's presence right now and the shalom of heaven, nothing broken yes. and nothing missing, just the peace of God over you in yes, Jesus' Lord. name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. I think it's a wrap. As you say, it's a wrap. <laughs> okay, a wrap. we got it. Thank you. We got it. Bless You're you. Welcome. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. <laughs>